Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns. News, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back, and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year, and we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but... If you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our Football Insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started again. To get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216-208-3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question is, who is the Browns' third wide receiver? And Mary Kay and Scott, I've been saying it on this podcast over and over and over again. The Browns' third wide receiver is actually... A running back, I think. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's where we're going to end up. Kareem Hunt is the guy that we should be talking about as the third wide receiver. We know he's versatile. We also now know that he's been spending some time in wide receiver meetings, which isn't too big of a surprise. Um, He didn't want to really reveal his plans uh, when we got to talk to him in June. But uh, I don't know. The way he he mentioned playing receiver, it sure sounded like maybe that's in the works, but he just didn't want to say it. Uh, I think when we look at this roster and the decisions you have to make about who gets on the field, Kareem Hunt is the guy to watch at that third wide receiver spot. You know what? I mean, the, uh, all the signs are there uh, that he will uh, occupy that spot because obviously he's a great receiver out of the backfield. Uh, that, that was bought in his freshman year in Kansas City. I mean, his rookie year. And even last year, Uh, to some extent with the Browns. I mean, he really has a knack for being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, whether he's lined up there, he can line up in the slot, he can line up wide. You can do so many different things with him that way uh, that, you know, to have him on the football field and and leave that mystery of whether you're going to run the ball or pass the ball, uh, that's like, that's position gold to Kevin Stefanski. I mean, to him, you know, that is the ultimate football player. And again, he can be a fullback. He can do so many things. So I do think that uh, because of his versatility and everything that he brings to the table, you know, why not throw him out there as the third receiver, not necessarily lined up as a receiver 
in every single one of those times. But I definitely think that, that he will end up as the third leading receiver on this football team. I think it's a good argument to make for Kareem Hunt. It makes a lot of sense. He, but he had like 43 catches in eight games, which was almost exactly uh, as many as Nick Chubb had all season. But that's not my pick for third receiver. My pick for the third receiver on this team is actually going to be Odell Beckham Jr. And here's why. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be the leading receiver on this team. He's done nothing the past two years to make us think that that wouldn't be the case this year. If it's going to be a wide receiver leading this team in, in receptions and, and receiving yards, it's going to be Jarvis Landry. He just seems to have that connection with Baker uh, in the last two years. Second on the team, I think, is going to be Austin Hooper. <clears throat> Uh, he had 97 targets, I believe, last year with the Falcons. And the Browns are paying him a lot of money to be uh, one of the best tight ends in football. They're going to use him a lot. They're going to have multiple tight ends on the field. They want him to be running routes and creating mismatches. They're going to use him. So I think that puts Odell kind of in that third role. Now, we won't look at him as a third receiver. You know, he's, he's the superstar on this team. But I think when all is said and done – there's a good chance that he's going to be third on this team. I don't think Kareem Hunt's going to get to the point of, say, like a Duke Johnson, where he's more receiver than running back. I think he's got too much talent as a running back to make him someone who, who, who's, challenging, who's challenging for one of the top spots of receiver. But I think, it's going to be, I think it's going to be Odell. He's going to be the number three guy because Landry and Hooper just kind of excel in this offense. Right, so, so I think there's sort of a, there, there's sort of a semantics game there right <laughs> as far as how we consider the third receiver is it the guy who's the third leading receiver on the team and, and I think that's a valid argument I think that we then kind of have to throw Austin Hooper into that argument and sort of how you consider him and, and then also it's kind of a depth chart thing and I, and I also think you know Mary Kay you mentioned this when you talk about Kareem Hunt as a receiver I don't know that it's always going to look like a receiver there I think there are going to be times where it's as a tight end or as a fullback or or something like that, but I kind of go through the list, and, and we should probably do that here shortly, is kind of go through the list of guys that, that could be options here. And as a coach, you've got to make decisions who you want on the field. And Kareem Hunt, I think, is going to win a, a lot of those decisions because I just think he's so hard to match up. And, and I looked it up last year. This is from PFF. So he played 309 snaps, uh, according to them, and he spent 64 of those snaps in the slot. And 33 of those snaps out wide. And, and that was in an offense that really only had him for half a season. Couldn't really do a lot of prep working him in. It, we we kind of know how disorganized that offense is. I think if you want to get him on the field, making him sort of that pseudo receiver is, is going to be the way to do it. Because, Scott, when you mentioned Duke Johnson, we all remember the Duke Johnson debates every single season, every single week. And Kareem's a little different because, unlike Duke, I think he loves being a running back. Um, but you know, you, you've got to figure out a way to get that guy on the field and that can be hard to do sometimes. I, I think it's, it's a really good bet that he could lead the team in offensive snaps outside of, you know, offensive linemen and, and Baker. Uh, he, we saw him not just running and catching, but also as a blocker last year, excelling at that. So that, I think that's, that's a good bet that he's going to be the leader or, one of the top two guys in snaps among skill position players, but he's kind of like Rob Gronkowski with the Patriots. He's a guy who can do so many different things and cause so many problems for the defense that you're going to want him on the field a lot. 
you know, when, when you look at this offense and you look at the skill players on this offense, it's going to be really, really interesting to try to figure out not just who's going to get all the touches, who's going to get all the carries, who's going to get all the receptions, but who is going to get all the reps. I mean, think about this. You've got two really good running backs that you want to get on the football field. You've got several really good tight ends. If if we believe them in how they're saying they feel about David Njoku. And then of course you've got Harrison Bryant and Austin to, to go behind Austin Hooper. So you've got, you know, a group of tight ends that you want to get on the field. You've got Odell and Jarvis that you want to get on the field. Like who are you going to take off the football field? You know, when you want, when you want that money down, when you want to make sure that, you know, that you are moving the chains or that you're making that big play. I mean, think about, like how they're going to have to do this. And, and I thought last year it was sort of underplayed a little bit. I thought Baker and Kareem Hunt kind of had a little bit of a connection at times. I, I felt like Baker sort of was able to build up that safety valve feeling with Kareem Hunt that he sort of had with Rashard Higgins as well, who's, who's a name that, that we should probably talk about in this. Yeah, should we apologize for, <laughs> to all the people who thought we were going to be talking about Rashard Higgins today? <laughs> well, we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, I noticed at times that, you know, Kareem Hunt kind of became a guy that Baker knew where he was going to be and could trust him. And, and the big thing that Kareem Hunt can do is on a third and seven, he can catch the ball, you know, a couple yards short and fight for those two extra yards. It's that running back mentality that he has. Uh, and I think that's a really valuable asset to have on the field in those situations. So I have the Browns roster up here right now, just so I don't forget anybody. Here are some of the other wide receivers uh, on the team that we need to talk about. We mentioned Rashard Higgins, of course. Um, we need to mention Donovan Peoples-Jones, of course, who is a draft pick. Uh, you've still got Damian Ratley on the roster, a draft pick a few years ago. Taewon Taylor is still on the roster. JoJo Natson was signed. Do you guys remember DJ Montgomery? Uh, he, he's a guy that, that flashed a little bit in training camp last year. Kaderil Hodge, you know, I'm not going to mention everybody here. There's a whole bunch of receivers currently on this roster right now. But those are kind of the big names. So let's talk about Higgins brought back. He's not making a ton of money, uh, but he is a guy that I know Browns fans love. And you would think if we're going to talk about third receivers, we have to at least mention his name as a possibility. Yeah, you, you have to talk about Rashard Higgins for, for a number of reasons. Uh, including, and not the least of which, is the fact that Baker Mayfield does have a comfort level with him, uh, that he does have chemistry with him. And once again, we have another offseason here where there hasn't been any work with Jarvis, with Odell, with Donovan Peoples-Jones, with anybody. Who does Baker Mayfield have the most work with, the most reps with, and that is Richard Higgins. We didn't see it last year. We didn't see that come to fruition because obviously – he was in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse, but now he already worked with him at, uh, you know, in the, at the Camp Mayfield last month, uh, you know, so they worked a little bit there together, uh, and they, they really just have their mojo down from, from what they did in their, in, uh, in Baker's rookie year, so I don't think you can count him out. The other thing that I think uh, to think about when you look at this whole roster full of players is the fact that this is a new coaching staff. They don't have any allegiances to anybody. They don't have any loyalties. They don't have any of those relationships built yet. They don't even know these guys hardly yet. Uh, you know, they, have, they haven't worked with them. So they're showing up in training camp 
and everything's an open book. Every player is an open book. It's an opportunity uh, for each player to stand up and say, I deserve to be that guy. I'm the one uh, that, that gets to be on this football field more than that guy. Uh, so, it, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to impressing the coaches and, and working their tails off and proving that, that they can be the guy. Uh, if, if we're talking about who, who the third receiver is coming in and three receiver sets, I think Higgins has to be at the top of the list because we've seen a lot of these guys, right? We've seen Ratley and, and Montgomery and Taewon Taylor, Darrell Hodge. We've, Higgins stands out among them. We, he's looked better in training camp, and we've seen him do bigger things than, than those guys did in previous years too. So he seems to make sense. Unless Donovan Peoples-Jones comes in and just looks totally overwhelmed and, and overmatched, it would stand to reason that he would be – making this roster too. And then, then maybe you got one spot left, right? Cause I think Stefanski kept five receivers uh, on offense last year with the Vikings. Um, you know, and then you're looking at, you know, what maybe you, you want someone like Hodge or, or Jojo Natson who we haven't, I don't know if we mentioned him yet, um, who are going to make impacts on, on special teams, but it's going to be a very thin depth chart. I think a receiver. And if we're going to pick someone right now to go number three, I think it's gotta be Higgins just, he just seems better than the rest. Yeah, I don't think we should just write off Rashard Higgins after last season. It was such a strange year for so many guys, and, and certainly he was one of them. Um, you know, Kadero Hodge is interesting, I think. You know, he got on the field a little bit and made some catches last year. He does contribute on special teams. That doesn't make him your third receiver. I, I think he's probably an interesting guy, though. Um, but let's also spend a little time on Donovan Peoples-Jones, a sixth-round pick. And I think he might be, if we had to sit here and kind of list the guys who really are impacted the most by not having any sort of off-season program, real on-the-field off-season program, I think it might be him. Because there's a, there's a chance where we're sitting here at the end of June and we're saying, man, Donovan Peoples-Jones looked fast out there. He looked dynamic. He looked like a guy that could stretch the field. I mean, there's a world where that's how we're talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones after getting to watch some OTA practices in a minicamp, and we're missing out on that. We didn't get to see that, and that also means the Browns coaches are missing out on that, and, and the, the decision makers are missing out on that too. So we just don't really know what he is right now. Yeah, the other thing that I think hurts a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones is the fact that uh, Baker Mayfield hosted that throwing session in Austin uh, back in May, and then uh, after that, he was really gearing up and getting ready to have a, another one of those. And then the NFLPA comes out and basically says, no, we don't want you guys doing this. People are getting COVID-19. Uh, and they didn't have the rookies involved the first time around because they didn't want to overwhelm them. You know, they just didn't want to put too much on their plate. So while that was going on, Donovan Peoples-Jones was, you know, he had some good mentorship from Jarvis Landry down in Florida where there's those guys work out at the same gym. So he has that going for him. But in terms of working with Baker Mayfield, uh, he just didn't get that this off season. And, you know, you do start to develop the timing and the chemistry and the nuances of where, where to put a ball on a guy's body or how a guy comes out of a break or, or those kinds of things. And, and that didn't happen. And it's just unfortunate for a young guy like that. Yeah, it, it does. The offseason hurts him, but I also think that just the fact that he's a draft pick in a year like this, uh, especially in that draft, which was so deep at wide receiver, I just don't think it's very likely that the Browns would take a chance on, on trying to get him onto the practice squad 
it seems like somebody like him who who maybe would have gone earlier in a different draft is more likely to get claimed and not end up back on the Browns if they try to get him to the Packers squad. So it seems like maybe he's a the guy they keep in that last spot because they know they can kind of develop him that way. Um, and, and maybe it's too much of a risk. He just, you know, that, that wide receiver class was so deep. I don't know that, that you'd want to take that chance in, on losing him. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, his other role, I, we'll, we'll talk about it in another question. So we're not going to steal, we're not going to steal that thunder here, but of course there's his potential impact um, in, in the return game as well. But I, I am just really intrigued by what he can do. And I, I just, he's a guy that I wish we could have seen. I, I wish we could have been out there in Berea and, and watched him, you know, run some routes and just see what he looks like, see how he interacts with Baker. You know, he, he says he's a guy that's going to remember everybody that got drafted before him. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a guy that's out there working to maybe be, you know, a guy who thinks he was one of the best receivers in a deep class. Um, and and I, I just think we kind of miss out on that. And we also miss out on seeing, okay, how's Rashard Higgins look? How does a guy like Kaderil Hodge look? Does he look like a guy who's maybe more than just a, a gunner on special teams? Does he look like he could be a guy that, that fits here? I think we miss out on a lot of that. And again, that just kind of goes back to the the point we started with. It might just be safest for this coaching staff to lean on the guys they know. And Kareem Hunt, even though they haven't had him, he's a guy that there's just so much tape on and, and you know exactly what he can do. It's almost advantageous here to lean on him. So we got about three minutes left here. I mean, is I guess if I, if I changed any of your minds, if I convinced you guys to, to get on board with me, were you already on board with me or, or kind of, you know, where, where are you right, right now as we wrap this thing up? You know what, to be honest with you, I think I need to actually amend something that I said earlier uh -oh. because Scott convinced me that in terms of if we had to pick who the number one, number two, and number three leading receivers in terms, in terms of receptions and maybe – we probably should do this uh, in one of these questions where we talk about touchdown catches and stuff like that as well. But if we had to go in terms of like rece receptions, maybe that should be the number that we use. Um, I actually now think it will be Jarvis, Odell, and Austin Hooper in, in one, two, and three in terms of just flat out receptions. Okay. Well, now I have to, now I have to get in on this game. Uh, <laughs> I got to see how, how many catches did Austin Hooper have uh, last year? It's hard to pick against Jarvis. Let's see. Uh, he had 90, he had 97 targets and 75 catches in Atlanta. It's hard to pick against Jarvis just because we've seen that, that Jarvis is a high volume guy, but we don't know what he's going to be at the beginning of the year, but what if he's not healthy? So I think I might go with Hooper in the upset. I might go Hooper and then Jarvis, and then, you know, I might go with Kareem Hunt. I'll stick with my Kareem Hunt argument. And I think Odell is going to be sort of a, um, a, a big play guy, a guy who's maybe, maybe the catch numbers aren't as high, uh, but the yardage is high. And, you know, the, the plays he makes, the impact he makes is there. But may, maybe he's not in that top three. Or maybe I'm just trying too hard to be different. Uh, but I, I'm going to go Hooper. I'm going to say Jarvis. Then I'm going to say Hunt. And then I'm going to say Odell Beckham. Uh, I think one guy that we know is not going to be involved in this discussion, and this is why Kareem Hunt is going to be a factor in this offense, is Nick Chubb. Because, Scott, you mentioned it. Not a big guy when it, when it comes to uh, receiving. Although, 
I thought he did better last year. He showed some signs, uh, but he's at his best bowling people over, I think. Yeah, he did improve. But again, if you have someone like Kareem Hunt on the field, I think, although, again, this is this offense is about is about utilizing those running backs. And if you don't want Nick Chubb on the field all the time, just getting carries, you know, they got to use him in the passing game too. So, so we'll see, but I do think I still stick with my, my original of, uh, of Jarvis Hooper and, and Odell, but I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a big year. I just don't think he's going to be up there in the top three. Okay. That'll do it for uh, this edition of our 20 questions about the Browns leading into training camp. Make sure you check out cleveland.com slash Browns uh, to see the posts. Each of us are taking a question, writing about it, and then we're talking through it here on, uh, on the podcast every single day. So make sure you check that out every day. Subscribe here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast and the Football Insider from Eric and Scott. And I'm Dan. Thanks, everybody.